Jack, Levi. The Book Club from Hell. Hello everyone, this is Jack with The Book Club from Hell, a linguistics collective seeking to translate every work in the English language into Timothy Dexterese. This week's episode is on A Pickle for the Knowing Ones, a collection of articles written by Timothy Dexter and first published in 1802. Dexter was an American businessman, born in 1743 in Malden, Massachusetts. He left school at age 8 to work as a farm labourer and worked as a tanner when he was 16. Through a series of bizarre, improbable and extremely lucky business decisions, Dexter became very wealthy and sought to make his mark on the world. A Pickle for the Knowing Ones has been Dexter's most enduring legacy, a collection of his musings on life, philosophy, politics, religion, the family, and numerous complaints about his wife, children, and son-in-law. As Dexter left school at age 8, this book is almost entirely unpunctuated and employs an absolutely bizarre spelling system, although calling it a system might be too generous. If you like what we're doing with this podcast and want to support us, we have a Patreon account, the link to which is in the show notes. People on Patreon can access the notes I make for episodes, so if you want more information on the books or manifestos we've covered, you can go there. Additionally, I publish a novel called Tower, which you can find on Amazon or on Apple Books. Links also in the show notes. So, if you want to know why Lord Timothy Dexter should be Emperor of America, then listen on. Enjoy. Yeah, he was an American businessman, born in 1743 in Massachusetts, and he, w- he had very little schooling. He dropped out of school when he was eight, started working as a farm labourer. When he was 16, he was working as a tanner. He first came into money when he was 21 by marrying Elizabeth Frothing, a, widow. a 32-year-old <laughs> widow who had, who had a bunch of money. So he got money from her. And Elizabeth will come up a lot because in A Pickle for the Nying Ones, he just constantly complains about his wife. He never, and he never names her. He only ever calls her the ghost. Uh, the ghost. First of all, it's a ghost. Ghost spelt G-O-S-T. The spelling in this book makes you feel like someone's lobotomizing you while you're reading it. <laughs> so he comes in. He comes into money by marrying a rich yep. widow, and he makes a bunch of, um, well, it seems at the time, dumb dis- business decisions like sending coal to Newcastle. No, but his first, a, a his first business worth. decision. Besides, so you can depends on if you consider marrying. Elizabeth frothing a business decision. That was capital raising. He was capital raising and getting married. <laughs> and now he's the first time he deploys his capital is during it's during the American Revolutionary War. The um the Continental Congress was a for non-American listeners a series of legislative bodies for the 13 colonies of Great Britain and North America. Um they began to issue paper money called continental currency. And <laughs> the, the value of continental <laughs> currency depreciated a lot during the War of Independence. So he just bought a yeah, bunch of it. Was, it was like basically <laughs> worthless and he, he bought a shitload of it when it was really, <laughs> when it was just completely devalued. Um, and then the US government eventually allowed these notes to be exchanged for US government bonds. I think the federal government only exchanged them at 1% of their um their face value but massachusetts for some reason allowed it at 100 percent 
and he lived in Massachusetts. <laughs> so he made so much money off a business decision that on the face of it was just just completely stupid. Just the completely dumb. Thing do. Completely dumb. And there's no way he couldn't he have known have that. Foretold that. He's <laughs> just it's just it was just completely like, okay, maybe these completely worth it. It's it's like the 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 dumb person who will buy a bunch of penny stocks. Yeah, yeah. Penny stocks <laughs> or like, shit coins. Or like or speculating in Zimbabwean like, dollars or something like that. Yeah. Like maybe <laughs> you know, like, yeah, but they could go up uh 10x or 100x or 1000x yeah, like could. yeah they, they could but he did that and not merely <laughs> like, not merely not did he do it in a state outside of massachusetts <laughs> where yeah, he, he would have gotten one percent he did it in massachusetts where they were redeemed at a hundred percent so he also he also hundred x what he would have if he lived outside of massachusetts just completely he just completely cleaned up and from that he uh, did you? Were you able to follow his arithmetic on it? <laughs> Anyways, he made no, a no, lot I didn't, of money. <laughs> I didn't follow his arithmetic. There is a part of A Pickle for the Knowing Ones, which reminds me a bit of the, the, of the worst parts of The Art of the Deal, which we read for the, our previous episode, where Trump or Tony Schwartz impersonating Donald Trump is just running through the arithmetic of how much cash he's making on various projects. And Timothy Dexter also does that in the the um in a pickle for the knowing ones, except it has no punctuation, There's bizarre no punctuation. spelling, just random <laughs> letters are capitalized. <laughs> so it's, it's like reading the art of the deal while someone hits you in the head with a shovel. <laughs> yeah, so the, the, I really like the fact that he made a bunch of money off just blind speculation <laughs> on a on a on a yeah, junk currency. <laughs> okay, so we can't know for sure how blind it was because he you know, he didn't document the advice he received. But yeah, maybe he had the inside Yeah, yeah, he was somewhere. doing inside <laughs> trading. And then he went on to make other investments. Yeah. Uh, the other investment he made, which I thought was funny, was uh, was it he sent a bunch of bed warmers to to some country. Wasn't it to the Do you remember? It's like to the West Indies or something. Yeah, that's right. To the like West Indies. Not a cold he sent place. A, a bunch of no, no, a bunch of bed warmers to um to West Indies. And I think because he'd been he'd been um, told to do it. But it turns out people were trying to make him lose <laughs> yeah. money, so they were telling him to undertake these really stupid business ventures. <laughs> turns out that they were able to sell them as ladles um to the to the molasses industry <laughs> in the west indies so they end up just like re, like making it a heap of money <laughs> if i if i follow if i follow his 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 reasoning or his arithmetic and i remember correctly he said that he made 75 cent profit on on that that's pretty so good he just that's, that's a, a bunch of a bunch of bed warmers for new for a cold place like new england and then send them to a hot place in the west <laughs> Indies and then still made money <laughs> but then again maybe you think well actually that's quite um innovative you know yeah. like okay he took he got lemons and he turned it into ladles <laughs> yeah so he he made his initial money by by marrying and then speculating on <laughs> on government currency and bonds, and then he took that money that he'd made and started a shipping company, and that's where some of his funniest business decisions came in, like the bed warmers <laughs> thing. 
He also he was <laughs> he told was... to ship coal to Newcastle, as I said earlier. So Newcastle in the UK, where there's a lot of coal mined. And I think ship coal to Newcastle is a saying of doing something really stupid. And someone told him to do that. And so he he took them up <laughs> and he did it. But a miners' strike started, and so they they weren't mining any coal, and so he could sell his coal there for tons of money. Could you imagine how how like annoyed his his adversaries must have been? Like they would have been like, "What is going this guy's on?" Plot armor on. <laughs> he was told to sell Bibles to the East Indies or to export them there. And when his ship arrived, there were a bunch of missionaries there, and they needed to buy the Bibles, and so he made more money that way. <laughs> And I think he his marketing tactic was to tell the locals that they had that um they had to believe it, otherwise they would go to hell. <laughs> he he sold stray cats Just... to the Caribbean islands where there were local rat problems. And he hoarded whale bones. And then eventually the corset the corset industry started looking for whale bones so he could sell the whale bones he'd just been hoarding. So it's kind of like a, a series of unfortunate events. But it, but it worked really events. well. He also <laughs> he really, really wanted really well to get involved in local politics in Massachusetts. And no one else was very excited about dealing with Lord Timothy Dexter. Um and so eventually the so he lived in Malden for a while, the town there. So the local government gave him the position of the official informer of deer, and apparently there was no deer <laughs> around where he lived. <laughs> they just gave him that to make him stop bothering them. <laughs> and so with all this money, one of the main one of the main things he did with this money was make a really, really good house. He bought the house of some socialite. Uh, yeah, here it is. Nathaniel Tracy was a local socialite, and I think he bought his house. And I do want to note that in 2023, Nathaniel Tracy has no Wikipedia page, whereas Lord Timothy Dexter has a big Wikipedia page. <laughs> so no one can, no one at that time feeling too snobby about Lord Timothy Dexter has their name remembered like our Lord Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you can imagine like, like, 18th century MTV crib. <laughs> it's basically with like, you know, really poor taste, nouveau riche um, guy who just comes into money by good fortune, doesn't have any taste, and then just starts pimping out his That's mansion. That's basically what happened. <laughs> so to give you an idea of what the house is like, there are pictures of it. Searching Lord Timothy Dexter's house is quite funny, but... He started redecorating <laughs> quite a large house. His house had minarets, a golden eagle on the roof. He had a mausoleum in it, uh, <laughs> a really big mausoleum for, his, for himself. In the garden were 40 wooden statues of famous people, including George Washington, William Pitt, Napoleon Bonaparte, Thomas Jefferson, and two statues of Timothy Dexter. And <laughs> On on what the stat one of the statues of himself was the inscription, "I am the first in the East, the first in the West, and the greatest philosopher in the Western world." <laughs> <laughs> and he put these statues on these like big columns, really co big columns. Spengler would be what type of columns? What, what type of columns? Timothy Dexter used Doric, to put his own statues Doric columns up in his or garden. something. <laughs> 
and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I think this is the word. <laughs> Gauch. <laughs> Gauch, yeah. Gauch, yeah. He was Gauch. confident. Um, <laughs> no, just no, only in America can you have absolutely no talent and still end up with a baller house. <laughs> I feel I feel very, very affectionately towards Timothy Dexter. I'll hear no slander. <laughs> he's just, I love he's just such a bizarre person. He's it's a combination of a bizarre person who just threaded the needle that seemed to just have stumbled into a lot of money and not merely managed not to lose it despite what his contemporaries were trying to do. They were trying to make him lose money. He just kept making more money. <laughs> and so he got to express himself to the fullest extent. However he wanted. <laughs> yeah. He just went full. I'm going to imprint my, like Donald Trump, you know, like I'm going to in- imprint my personality. Yeah, imagine in the imagine in the Donald Trump way. <laughs> basically couldn't spell anything because so a pickle for the knowing ones Dexter wrote towards the end of his life and is it's mostly about how good he is and his thoughts on the world and he insisted on writing it and he just he couldn't spell the entire basic there are probably more misspelled words in this book than there are correctly spelled words there is no punctuation. And when I say no punctuation, I'm not exaggerating. There is just no punctuation. Except for in the first edition, there's the final page is just a block of full stops, commas, exclamation marks, etc. And it's not explained. And then in the second edition of this book, so both of which he just distributed for free because, again, he had so much money. He could just print copies. He could self-publish. He was a self-published author. Jack is inspired. I'm inspired by <laughs> Timothy Dexter, the OG, the OG self-published, self-published author. author before Amazon KDP existed. <laughs> he was the OG self-published author. Just distributed his book for free. The first edition had this mystery page of punctuation on the back. People complained about the lack of punctuation on it, and so for the second edition, he wrote underneath, underneath or above this, just block of punctuation at the end of the book that people can just punctuate. Here's your punctuation. Punctuate the book as you like. I'll find the exact quote because it's very, very yeah. funny. Yeah, here we go. So he has this block of punctuation and says of it, they may pepper and salt it as they please. As you know, people can pepper and salt this text using this this provider punctuation except as they please, except it's pepper. the spelling of it is P-E-P-E-R. they, T-H-A-Y, May is spelled correctly, pepper, P-E-P-E-R, and is spelled correctly, salt, S-O-T. Interestingly, they appears twice in this, and it's spelt differently. So they is spelt either T-H-A-Y or T-H-E-H-Y, and then please, P-L-E-S-E. This entire book is just so strange, and reading it for an extended period it's odd because initially like it's really insane. jarring, and then your brain kind of adapts and you start to be able to read it. Not comfortably, <laughs> but you can read it. The lack of punctuation is probably what makes it the hardest to understand, actually. Makes you appreciate yeah. how useful full stops are. Yeah, even just full stops is is incredibly helpful. Yeah, extremely useful. When I, was, when I was highlighting things for, for the episodes, like quotes, 
I was not sure where to start. Yeah, stop. exactly. You don't know where to start. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure I want to quote something around yeah, here. Yeah, you'll be complaining about just Catholics or Freemasons or something. You're not sure where to stop the quote. It just keeps going till the end of the book. I like that on his Wikipedia page, it says, known for uncommon good fortune and eccentricity. <laughs> Lord Timothy Dexter is a champion. I just love this man. The other thing before we get into quotes from the book, um, I really like in, in my edition of the book, which I assume is on Lord Gutenberg, it's got a picture of him with his dog. Oh, there are some really good illustrations. And, and an absurdly big hat. <laughs> For some reason, he just has an enormous hat and he's got his little ugly dog. And in my, in my version, it's got a preface by somebody who was writing a little bit after him. Also comments about his dog, who who he says the dog had no hair and was just all black and ugly and just strange and eccentric. And he said is as different from other dogs as his owner is from other men. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got a little illustration of the dog at the end. And you, you just know that this dog was just an ugly little runt. This <laughs> is strange little dog. Probably just followed this man around all the time. <laughs> I wish that Lord Timothy Dexter had been made emperor. He's got a section in this where he, he puts forward his case as to why he should be made emperor. Emperor, sorry, emperor. emperor yeah, why he should be emperor. Em- emperor of America. And he he keeps spelling America in so many different ways. And there are a few points where <laughs> it took me probably about 10 seconds to work out that he was speaking about America. <laughs> oh, actually, I do want to mention before we start just quoting him. <laughs> For some reason... At one point in his life, he just kept telling everyone that his wife was dead, even though she was alive and obviously alive. And whenever people would come to his house and see that his wife was alive, he would insist to them that it was her ghost, that they were only seeing her ghost and she was haunting him. And in this text, he keeps referring to his wife as the ghost, G-O-S-T, the ghost. And one other, one other story before we start. <laughs> It's also to do with his wife, and, uh, and then I'm happy to get into the text. And it says this in the preface. It says, uh, at some point he decided to uh, fake his oh, own death right. yeah, and yeah. have a funeral to himself <laughs> <laughs> when he's a bit older. And he invited everybody in town and his, and his family. And he even had, like, a, a large, really ornate And it was in his mausoleum. It was in the mausoleum that he built in his house for himself. He built a mausoleum for himself in his house and then invited the town to his own funeral and only told one or two people about the fact that he wasn't actually dead. And he he watched the funeral and had somebody deliver, like, a really bombastic... uh, eulogy mm, mm. all this sort of thing and people crying and stuff and then the the um the attendees only realized that he wasn't actually dead because they came they came they overheard him lashing his wife his wife because <laughs> she wasn't his crying because she wasn't crying this this woman who by by the sounds of it was just Taken for a ride by the strange man who married her for his for her money and invested all the money into <laughs> continental <just> currency <laughs> at the end of the American gam- War of Independence. Kept irresponsibly gambling their fortune and just bumbling into more money, and then claimed that she was dead. 
and called her a ghost when the visitors came over. This woman didn't cry at his funeral, so he came to. Like, this guy was the equivalent of someone who just bought a shitload of Dogecoin during the COVID pandemic and then sold it at the peak completely by accident and made a huge amount of money. <laughs> but then also, like, mistreated his yeah. wife. <laughs> yeah, he was, um, he was a very strange person. Oh, and apparently he, his son was not crying and he was about to start caning his son, but then he apparently mistook his son's drunkenness. His son, like, fell over or something. He mistook that for grief. <laughs> and so he didn't cane his son. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. He had a son and a daughter, Samuel and Nancy. And Nancy in particular will become important because she married a man, Abraham Bishop, that... That Dexter just complains about to no end in this book. He just continuously complains about. I think Abraham Bishop must have beaten him up or something at some point, because he just keeps talking about how Abraham Bishop assaulted him. Now that we know a bit about his life, a pickle for the knowing ones was written when Dexter was fifty, and it was self-published in eighteen o two. At first, it was distributed for free, but eventually, it was popular enough that Dexter just started charging people for it because he's. He's got that business mindset. <laughs> he's, he's got a nose for a good deal. I guess in that way he was using a kind of freemium model. Yeah, exactly. He really wasn't innovative. He was he's 200 years ahead of He gave people a taste. History. It was like the shareware model where you got to play the first few yeah. levels of Quake <laughs> and then they'd, they'd ask you to fork out for the, the last two chapters of or it. Or just Blood Gulch. Yeah. And Halo. Yeah, he, he would have definitely been invited to Gulch Gulch, I reckon. Timothy Dexter. You some- <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> you can imagine him there with Dagny Taggart, John Galt, <laughs> Timothy Making Dexter. Dumb business decisions. <laughs> <laughs> Timothy Dexter sucking up all the local building materials to build another mausoleum for himself and more statues <laughs> of himself. <laughs> him withdrawing his labour from America was what ended up destroying it, destroying the regime of the parasites. <laughs> they no longer had Lord Timothy <laughs> Dexter. <laughs> He's a Just randy and this hero. man spent spent probably probably something like 40 years of his life just walking around being weird. Walking around <laughs> being weird and stumbling into England. money, just tripping over into bags and bags of money. <laughs> and the entire time he must have well, not must have. He he seemed like a very vain person. Oh, he's if a pickle for the knowing ones is anything to go by. He's incredibly vain. So much of it is him so, talking about how smart he is, how wise he is, how much money he has, how nice his house is. <laughs> and, and again, like the argument that I made with Trump is, objectively speaking, he had the results. Yeah, Timothy Dexter. <laughs> so you can, you, can say that, you can say that Timothy Dexter or Donald Trump is uh, a stupid, but then again, who are the ones walking around with? Ball of houses. <laughs> Who've got Wikipedia pages? Lord Timothy yeah, Dexter yeah. died in 1806. He still he still has a Wikipedia page. Yeah, thousands of people are going to know about Timothy Dexter because we're through our efforts. We're just riding on his coattails because we're spreading spreading the meme of that man's memory. <laughs> God bless Lord Timothy. God bless. <laughs> God bless Lord Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so have we got any like nice quotes? So broadly speaking, maybe we can just pick 
let's just go through quotes we like and like. talk about. There's them. not a lot of structure to this. No, there's no structure. But there are some major there are some major themes. So the major themes are basically complaining about his wife. The ghost. The ghost. He, I don't think he ever names her. He, she's always just the ghost. <laughs> and it, it took uh, me sort of talking. It took me a while to realize that he was talking about his wife but then when i went back and read other instances of him talking about ghosts it suddenly made more sense he was just complaining about his wife some of the other major themes are him talking about his business ventures and then him giving out political advice yeah he gives a lot of political advice (laughs) to like napoleon bonaparte and george washington and he keeps calling so it's kind of a political treatise yeah, he keeps on referring to him as his and father. the king. He keeps he keeps he calling likes, Washington the king. He likes George Washington and um. One he of the really other likes Napoleon as well. Bony part, yeah. bony part, yeah. So he's man, what a strange little town that must have been. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I think he lived in Massachusetts for most of his life, yeah. and that's that's where his giant house was. Yeah, could you imagine like knowing this kid when you were growing up? Less like bumbling buffoon doesn't doesn't finish school, just goes and becomes a tanner or whatever. But you know, whatever, it's fine profession. <laughs> but probably, presumably, a kid. You know how sometimes you meet people, and you just get the sense, okay, you're you're going places. Yeah, this this person's going to go somewhere. You're going to go somewhere. Like I don't know what you're going to do, but sure, you're whatever you do, you're going to end up doing something cool. And then you meet other. <laughs> <laughs> the exact opposite. And you're like, all right, man, try not to die. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine knowing him, like being one of the farm laborers working with him and then leaving town for a bit and then coming back 30 years later and thinking, <laughs> yeah, oh, Lord I wonder what Dexter. Tim's up to. <laughs> yeah, he's probably dead. He's probably yeah. drunk in a ditch somewhere. And then he comes back, man, have you seen Tim's house? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Dude. Greatest philosopher in the West. <laughs> <laughs> Sold coal to Newcastle and literally made a fortune. <laughs> yeah. Have you read Timothy's new book, Pickle for the Gnawing Ones? <laughs> it's a masterpiece. <laughs> this one's going to go down in the annals of history. Turns out, actually did. <laughs> yeah, it did. Because it's... Well, this is the thing. If, if you write something that is truly original, it might be remembered. And... As as strange as this book is, it is there's just nothing like it. The combination of his story, the subject matter, and how it's written, there's just nothing quite like a pickle for the knowing ones. This is so bizarre. It's really good. So should we oh, just actually, start pulling out some, you, hope, some just more stuff quotes. about him? Do you remember how he 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 hired a poet laureate for himself in the style of European princes? His name was Jonathan Plumer, and he was a fish merchant and an amateur poet who wrote poems about how good Timothy Dexter was. And some of the poems are included in a pickle for the yeah, 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 yeah. There's one at the end. I want to. I actually want to read. I want to read that one. At the the end. poem is really funny. Um, and it, it was normally punctuated, and it felt like such whiplash getting used to Dexterese and then reading something that was spelled and punctuated normally. Yeah, we'll have to read that 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 um So I've I've got two poems about him. One is really long and he published it in a newspaper. He bought he bought a bunch of of space in a newspaper to publish a gigantic poem about himself. <laughs> or do you want the sh- or do you want the short one? Um 
I kind of want to read both. <laughs> I want to read one of them. You do. You do. I'll, I'll read the short one. You, you do the long one. Okay. Okay. Lord Dexter is a man of fame. Most celebrated is his name. More precious far than gold that's pure. Lord Dexter live forevermore. His noble house, it shines more bright than Lebanon's most pleasant height. <laughs> Never was one who stepped therein who wanted to come out again. His house is filled with sweet perfumes. Rich furniture doth fill his rooms. Inside and out it is adorned, and on the top an eagle's formed. His house is white and trimmed with green. For many miles it may be seen. It shines as bright as any star. The fame of it has spread afar. Lord Dexter, thou, whose name alone shines brighter than King George's throne. Thy name shall stand in books of fame, and princes shall his name proclaim. Lord Dexter hath a coach beside, in pomp and splendour he doth ride. The horses champ the silver bit, and throw the foam around their feet. The images around him stand, for they were made by his command. Looking to see Lord Dexter's come, with fixed eyes they see him home. Four lions stand to guard the door with their mouths open to devour all enemies who do disturb Lord Dexter or his shady grove. Lord Dexter, like King Solomon, hath gold and silver by the ton, and bells to churches he hath given to worship the great King of Heaven. His mighty deeds, they are so great, he's honoured both by church and state. And when he comes, all must give way to let Lord Dexter bear the sway. When Dexter dies, all things shall droop. Lord East, Lord West, Lord North shall stoop. And then Lord South with pomp shall come and bear his body to the tomb. His tomb most charming to behold, a thousand sweets it doth unfold. When Dexter dies, shall willows weep, and mourning friends shall fill the street. May Washington immortal stand, may Jefferson by God's command Support the right of all mankind. John Adams, not a whit behind. America, with all your best. Uh, America, with all your host. Lord Dexter, in a bumper toast. May he enjoy his life in peace. And when he's dead, his name not cease. In heaven may he always reign. For there's no sorrow, sin, nor pain. Unto the world I leave the rest. For to pronounce Lord Dexter blessed. <laughs> It's just <laughs> the poor that man actually who was... almost all the themes he didn't complain his wife about his wife in there but besides that <laughs> that's basically ghost. all the themes of of a pickle for the knowing ones him talking about how good his house is that he has a nice coach name dropping famous american political leaders and saying that they know him comparing himself to king solomon <laughs> king george it, it's just so good it's just so good all right i'll read out the short one yeah give us the short one behold all nature stands aghast to hear thy fame from east to west. How great, how grand of thee we hear, thou man of sense, thou eastern star. All men inquire, but few can tell, how thou in science doth excel. Great philosophic genius we, the meanest reptiles, bow the knee. At thy majestic shrine, uh, at, <laughs> sorry, at thy majestic shrine we shrink. What can we do or say or think when contemplating on thy worth, which hath astonished? All the earth. Great Dexter did the world do right. Thy name would shine with brilliant light. Each would declare thy wondrous fame and thou at Dexter's mighty name. And shouted 
Dexter's mighty name. <laughs> That's just so good. I, it takes real confidence to have your own poet laureate and then to publish his his poems about you in the newspaper. I'm kind of surprised that Trump doesn't have his own poet laureate. That is surprising. <laughs> I guess. So De- Lord Dexter really did seem to be trying to model himself on at least his impression of the European aristocracy, insisting that he was... Lord Dexter, the Marquis of Newburyport, which which is how he introduces himself in this book. I don't think Trump as consciously is trying to 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 base his behaviour or his bearing on that of the European aristocracy, but there's always time. He could still try. <laughs> All right. Let's see, see if I can find some um, interesting quotes here. Oh, what about this? So he gets philosophical. We'll just be reading out quotes now. So there's no structure to this book. Yeah. It's just this, this <laughs> list of, of his musings on various things. And after each of them, he just he signs with his own name. Yeah. I don't kind of, really get it. There was one where he was uh he just said T dot D dash R. <laughs> he even <laughs> contracted Dexter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He keeps he keeps spelling it differently. And some of them he addresses to all men or to all wise men. It's it's just so strange. Anyway, so quoting these is, I, I'm not sure. How should we do it with quoting? Should we pronounce the words normally yeah, or should we pronounce no. them as they're spelled? We should even try to put on the accent. <laughs> yeah, okay. So we'll try to pronounce been, them as they're spelled like to kind give of listeners I some, some sense of what it's like to read this. But... I highly recommend at least just reading through a little bit of it to get, to get a sense of what it's like. So he's talking about leadership. What is a president answer? A king Bonaparte, I think that means Bonaparte, the great, has as much power as a king and ought to have and. It is a massy. He has for the good of mankind, he has as much power as any king. For grat ways, back there must be a head somewhere, or the pupil is lost. Lick wild geese when they louse, lose the gander. Yes. <laughs> yes, Timothy. <laughs> <laughs> it's also that he keeps alternating and spelt A-N-D, or just the and symbol, and he, d- he just keeps capitalising random letters which makes which makes it even stranger to read at least he sticks to capitalizing letters at the beginning of words yeah yeah no <laughs> capitalizations within a word <laughs> he did the bare minimum yeah okay yeah so he does he respects some grammatical conventions i really is, like to all the different spellings of bonaparte, bonaparte. In this, yeah in this book i think my favorite is bonnie party as two words <laughs> That is annoying when he'll split a word up. Yeah, he does split some because I think he he talks about a merry key sometimes or something something to that effect, meaning America. And it took me a while to to grok that he meant America. Oh, what about this? He talks about how he was made lord by the people, how he became Lord Timothy Dexter. In reality, apparently, he just told people to start calling him this. But he's rewritten history in a pickle for the knowing ones, and I believe a pickle for the knowing ones. Imi, I, I'm, I am the first lord in the 
United States of A. Mercury, now of Newburyport. It is the voice of the people, and I can't help it, and so let it gow. Now, as I must be lord, there will follow many more lords. Pretty sound, for it don't hurt a cat, nor the mouse, nor the sun, nor the water, nor the ear, the air. Then gow on all easy. Now bonds broken, all is well in love. Now I be gin, I begin to lay the cornerstone with grat remembrance for my father, George Washington, <laughs> spelt with a J. The grat hereow, 17 centuries past, before we found so good a father to his children, and now gone to rest now, exclamation mark. Oh, there is... He has an exclamation mark. Yeah, okay. <laughs> There's some punctuation. <laughs> we found it. There's an exclamation mark. There's just this one random exclamation mark. He has, a, uh, he has an excerpt where he is um, talking about humans or man's place in, in the world. If you can bear the trout, I will tell the trout. Man is the best animal and the worst. All men are more or less the devil, but there it sit of odds, some half, some three quarters, the other part beast of different kinds of beasts, some one thing and some another, some like a dog, some lick horses, some bear, some cats, some lions, some, no, some lick owls or owls, some a monkey, some wildcat, some lamb, some a dove, some a hog, <laughs> some a, a ox, some a snake. I want desipons to be done away, but they won't never be. As long as priest ridden, what down the priest <laughs> preached to the devil, all their hairs, old and noon, more or less the devil I liked to say they so devil preaches to devils, rebuking sin, keep it up, 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 saith the hypocrites, mockers of God, habits <laughs> and custom is the odds, odds, make max the difference I sees God in all places, the God of nature, in all things we live and move in God. He is the God of nature, nature, all nature, is God, take one element from us, one <laughs> Of the four, take the fear of the water or or ear or earth. We are gone, so we live in God. Now let us all be good children, dow all right, things right. The strong must bear the infirmities of the wicked. Children, keep up tight laws, draw the reins little harder, stop thieves as fast as you can. Bad trade, shoeing nine numbers was rot in 23 hours. When I had hold of the pen, five hours and 35 minutes, assortment, assortment in good a shop. <laughs> <laughs> so if people, if people don't want to bother reading this, which I, do, I recommend people do read this, Imagine that, but for 30 pages, and that's basically <laughs> what I'm reading so, this book's yeah, like. So, without so punctuation, except for that one, that, that one exclamation mark I found, you don't know where to stop. It's just this constant barrage of, of just <laughs> Lord Timothy Dexter's thoughts and how he'll just change subjects so suddenly. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, 
it's really disorienting until you acclimatize to it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what to make of that. <laughs> I think there's a section here where he's proposing some sort of international government, but it's really hard to be sure. I quote: "In short meter, if." Agreeable, I form a good and peaceable government on my land in Newburyport. Complete, I take three presidents, Hampshire governor, (laughs) all to New York, and the great minister John Jay is one, that max two in that state, the king of Grat Britain, Mr. Pitt Ralphus, King Cross, over to France, Louez the 16. (laughs) (laughs) Louis <laughs> the 16, and then the great body party, the great and their Segnatau Crow Biddy. I command peace and the greatest brotherly love, and not fade, be linked together with that best of trow love, so as to govern all nations on the fass of the glaub, not to t- tyrannize over them. But to put them to order, if any despout shall arise as to boundaries or any matures of importance, it is left France and Grat Britain and Amakari to be Amakari, I'm pretty sure is America, to be settled. <laughs> A Congress to be always in France, all despouts, is to be thus settled, and this may be done, there will be Balless powers, then all wars done away. Therefore, I have the lamb to lay down with the lion. Now, this may be done if thus three powers would aid Gary to lay what is called devil one side and not carry the gentleman pack pause any longer, but shake him off as dust on your feet and laugh, laugh at him. Yep. <laughs> He's proposing world peace. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's weird because... Can you uh, imagine being Laois 16 in France and reading it and going, yeah, you know what? <laughs> yeah, so somehow he actually sends like a copy of the, of the book to Louis the 16th. <laughs> Louis no, no, 16th it's is La- Laos, Laos 16. 16. <laughs> Laos 16. <laughs> um, Bonnie Party. I've got a short section here that I want to read. Mm. Uh, Let's see if I can figure out what he's actually talking about. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I ask for, God damn it. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm immediately tripped up by his, his spelling. I ask really hard to read these out loud without tripping up. I ask forgiveness of the world of mankind for telling the trout. I mean, no hurt to a fly, only when he bits me, then I kills the fly. If I can, I have been my one trompter for 10 years. My trompter is dead. Having What is trompter? I don't know. My trompter <laughs> is dead. Have, having so many wounds in fast and on my head, I dow it make a good laugh to keep my spirits from sinking. Pity me, all good people. Amen. A fa- uh, forder, I married widow Frotheringham. She, I think I married a, a widow. Widow. Yeah. Uh, and forder, I married widow Frotheringham. She had 
Four but her name children. was Frothing. It wasn't Frothering. He just <laughs> spelled his wife's name. He just got his wife's name completely wrong. <laughs> she had four children. The whole of all their sats was short of $1,300. This woman growed mad. She said she must go to hell. Girl, 13 for I have fined against the Holy Ghost and putting bells since she was was making way with herself in three months i got the best minister in town to lay the ghost he prayed hearty but (laughs) by the way when he says the ghost he means it's his wife his wife (laughs) Uh, to lay the ghost he prayed hearty but could not lay the serpent only in part she has been crazy every since it is a wonder I am alive. Two children <laughs> soaked her breast. It is hereditary. Two children married now live upon me being disordered. They may beat me often with death clum. And the old ghost tell bad to say I, besides under circumstances, circumstances, I must coot and room, sell the one of the first places almost in the world, for I am in great fear of my life being taken away. Such blows I have had from two or three ghosts in my family is worth 1,200 hoxets of ghee metal. Best shuggers, even a Saxton to take the blows. I wouldn't for $50 million. Words can't express the bloody war in my family. Three ghosts, all noise robbing of me. I must sell with tears in my eyes. I can't see to write any more farewell. I say goodbye. T. Dexter. <laughs> I'm really sure when he's referring to ghosts, it's, that's his, he's his wife and his family two children. <laughs> and for I had I don't to know what to make for a while. I wasn't sure if he was talking about that his wife had died, but no, I'm pretty sure he's he just calls her a ghost and com- when he complains about her. Yeah, <laughs> and I was wrong earlier when I said he never names his wife. So he did attempt to name his wife once here. I married Widow Fotheringham. He just completely fucked her name. Up. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's got a little picture of his his ugly little dog. <laughs> what about this? Actually, this is a really really good. This is a really quick quote. He's he's firing shots at people who make fun of him. He, he wants his enemies, so those that mock him, to feel ashamed. I quote, I want to make my enemies grin in time, lick a cat over a hot pudding and gow away, and hang their heads down like a dog bin after sheep guilty. <laughs> he wants them to hang their heads in shame. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's that section where he talks about how he made his money, which is kind of funny, because as I said earlier, it... it it's kind of reminiscent of parts of the art of the deal, but just run through the crazy filter, but much, much more discordant and disorienting. He also complains about people who have gone to university quite a lot. I, I, <laughs> what about this quote where he says that people who go to university just lie and cheat and don't pay for anything? Is all that has been to co- co- college, spelled coliage, Gow with slippers and promise to pay and never pay, only with a lie. I guess four fifths is college lant or devil, or college learnt or devil learnt or pretended to be honest 
Freemason, but to the contrary, forgive me for guessing. I hope it is not so. The learned is for louves and little fishes. Yes. yes. There you have it. <laughs> you have it. Here's another good one of him complaining about his wife. <laughs> a good laugh is that he spells laugh L-A-F-E, so life. A good, a good laugh is better than, than crying. A clam will cry and water when they are out of their element. So we the same. If I had not the ghost in my house, I would, <laughs> I mean, give light to my brothers and sisters and have a peace all over the world and beat the truth, the trouth, into my friends who good it is, who honest it would be, and who mankind has been imposed upon and who they have been blinded with untruths, ghosts, and Mr. Divils. There is now none of that order. All lie in the Messenek if they will make a book of truth. Not entirely sure what he's saying, but I have a suspicion. I'm that pretty sure saying, Messenek is Masonic because he keeps talking about Freemasons. Uh, Masonic, yeah, okay. <laughs> why, <laughs> and, why the Masonic? and when he talks about Freemasons, he often just throws in calling someone a Mason. <laughs> <laughs> and he says, if I had not the ghost in my house, I'm, I would, I mean, give light to my brothers and sisters and have a peace all, all over the world and... <laughs> <laughs> He's saying that so if, if, it his, were, if his were for his wife, there. there would be world peace. His well, <laughs> <laughs> complaints about his wife and his daughter, his his son-in-law. So his daughter married a man called Abraham Bishop that he really hates and complains about him constantly. And his complaints about his wife and Abraham Bishop are some of the funniest parts of this book. He also complains about priests a lot. About this. I wish the priest knowed as much as I think I do. Their hearts would leap up to glory to be so reader, ready, re- ready for the time of rejoicing, spelled, spelled rejoicing. <laughs> if only the priests knew as much as Lord Timothy Dexter. Do you have any other quotes? Any other I have poems? so many quotes. <laughs> oh, <laughs> He's talking about how he was beaten up by a lawyer. And he talks about it at length. And I'm not sure if the lawyer is Abraham Bishop or not, but some lawyer beat up Timothy Dexter. I quote, No soul... Savage. I think S-A-U-A-G-E is savage. No savage would beat a man Mm. as I was beaten almost to death. I did not know how these men came to keep sage lawyer from quite killing of me till some time after three men saw the axon of the bloody scene without Massey and carried said Dexter into the house, sun fainting or near to it, see and behold the awful sight bleeding and blind of one eye. Two, two spelt T-W-O-U-E, browsings in two hours at least, now laws in this part of the world, now part of the world, a man of money, to live those I lind money to, sinned, a lawyer, and others, they use me, the worst it makes, enemy. Yeah, that's right. He complains a lot too about the people he lends money to, that they don't pay him back. <laughs> and to be fair, if I wanted to get, if I wanted someone to lend me money and probably be able to just completely default on my debt, I probably would do it from Lord Timothy Dexter. 
Because it sounds like he didn't do anything. He just complained about them in his book. <laughs> yeah, I suppose he... Hmm. What about he, he complains that he gave his wife $10,000 and she never thanked him. He complains about that a lot. <laughs> There's this section where he, he'd published some articles in the newspaper and the newspaper editor had punctuated them and fixed up the spelling. And it's a really weird feeling going from pure yeah. Timothy Dexter yeah, yeah. To, to Timothy Dexter run through someone who was literate. There's a really good part. It's, this is a yeah, philosophical tract. The Impartial Herald. And, and it's, it's spelled and punctuated, so it's also way easier to read. I quote, Where as many philosophers have judged or guessed at many things around this world, and so on, now I suppose I may guess, as it is guessing times, I guess the world is one very large living creature, and always was, and always will be without any end from everlasting to everlasting, and no end. What grows on this large creature is trees and many other things. In the room of hair, the rocks is moulds. This is cold land where the hair grows, the belly, the sea. All kinds of fish is the worms in the belly. This large body wants dressing to get our living of this creature, and by industry we get a living. We in all the animal creation is less than fleas in comparison on the back or belly of this very large immense body. Among the hairs to work this great body is that of nature, past finding out. All we know is we are here. We come into the world crying and go out groaning. Man is the master beast on the earth. In the sea, the whale is the head fish. The minim is the smallest fish. The great fish eat up the little ones and so on. Not on and so not only destroy one another, but they are master over the whole of beasts and fish, even over a lion. Therefore, man is the masterly beast and the worst of the whole. They know the most and act the worst according to what they know. Seeing mankind so bad by nature, I think when the candle goes out, men and women is done. They will lay as dirt or rocks till the great gun fires, and when that goes off, the gun will be so large that the gun will contain 900 million tons of the best of good powder. Then that will shake and bring all the bones together. Then the world will be to an end. All kinds of music will be going on. Funding systems will be laid aside. The melody will be very great. Now, why can't you all believe the above written as well as many other things to be true, as well as what was set forth in the last sentinel concerning digging up a frog 25 feet below the surface at where, where it was most as hard as a rock? There was his shape, like taking a stone out of a rock. This is from a minister. Now, why won't you believe me as well? <laughs> <laughs> it's like even when somebody intervened and put some punctuation around it, you're still just like, what the hell is this guy talking about? So it, it really demonstrates that the problem is not merely one of, <laughs> of not having learned to spell properly because, yeah, as you said, even when it's spelled and punctuated, pro punctuated properly by someone else, his train of thought is so runaway, he just keeps moving between subjects without telling you that he's changing subjects. He'll just suddenly start talking about... Okay, so broadly speaking, you've got his theory about the world, how the world is a giant body and the hair is the land, and then he goes on to man being the worst of beasts. And then he suddenly flicks to complaining about people not believing him, even though they believed that someone had dug up a frog from really deep underground. <laughs> 
<laughs> Could you imagine talking to this man? Because these written things, this is when he sat down and thought through what he was putting onto paper. He had to consider it. So they didn't have word processors back then. So he needed to at least somewhat consider what he was putting down onto paper. What would he have been like just talking when he was his, even less his, constrained? Uh, his wife was completely sick of him. She was. She must have been so sick of him. She must have been like completely fed up with his shit. <laughs> like after, <laughs> I bet she regretted marrying this guy. What, and the thing is, what the hell is, what was going through this woman's mind when she, she had a bunch of wealth, she was a widow. widow and he had no money. And he didn't have any money. Like, why did she, why did this woman marry this guy? <laughs> she knew he was going places. She knew he'd be the Lord, Lord Timothy Dexter, Marquis of Newport. Of There's just no explanation given. Like, he married this woman, came from nothing, married a woman with with money, and then, and then just, like, didn't like her, <laughs> but took her money. <laughs> Speaking of his wife, here's a good quote about her. I was married to the ghost 35 last May. I have been in hell all the time. (laughs) (laughs) They they obviously didn't like each other. What's what's going on? (laughs) Eccentric eccentric little couple. What about the part where he seems to be hinting that he was wanting to become a Freemason, but his wife wouldn't let him? I want to I, I want to acknowledge that I could be wrong in my interpretation of this text. It's sort of hard to tell because he also does complain about Freemasons in it. But I think he was saying that he wanted to become a Freemason, but his wife wouldn't let him become a Freemason. <laughs> he keeps talking about how he's been hell, in hell for 35 years, married to his wife. What about this? Now to all honest men. To pity me that I've been in hell 35 years in this world with the ghost, a woman I married and have two children now living. Abram Bishop married my daughter. Since the trouble is such that words can't be expressed, nine years disordered for a ton of silver for three months, I could not have the ghost in my pallies. Sleep not to be had. Now to save my life I will sell. If not, I will let the house. It is as noted as any house in the oil shoals. And for further in the world, or since Noah's ark and since the flood, taking in myself, Finley, such a place nowhere in the world, all goes with it. Hoses, carriages, all but plate and goels, and reserve the holy Bible and one Balk more. My old head has wore out three bodies. It would take a jury of doctors one hour to find and count the scars on my head given by the ghost and others. A <laughs> Amen spelt a men. Clean trouth T Dexter. Jown twelve eighteen oh five. I'm pretty sure he's he's offering to sell the house so he can get away from his wife and daughter. <laughs> And Abraham Bishop. <laughs> he, can, he says his house is the, one of the nicest houses in the world since Noah's Ark and the Flood. Except it's just littered in, in statues and, and pictures of him. Oh, what about this? And I like that he admits that his wife hits him over the head. I bet you yeah. she bloody did. 
pull out I'm the pan. I'm sure she would have been so boring. sick of him. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Timothy. What Knock about this? Off. He announces the, the death of, um, of the devil and the pope and says that he should be emperor. I say the great Mr. Divil that has so many nicknames, a friend to the priests, now is dead all, and the Pope likewise, and the founders of Masonic, a cheat foul of war and gratness of hell, dead priests, dead and lawyers, damned, dead a- Abraham... <laughs> so the spelling of Abraham Bishop is Abraham, spelt A space Braham, Bishop spelt B space B I space A S S. Bishop is B B S. Abraham B B S dead, and all the friends of mankind sings praises. He's publishing where he just says he wants his son-in-law dead, and everyone will sing praises when he's dead. Sing praises that we are the Gret family of mankind now out of hell, delured from fire and smoak, barrening forever now all in heaven upon earth now all friends now for a day of rejoicing all over the world as one great family, all nations to be our knighted, no more wars for 50 years and longer. I recommend peace, a congress in France, and when we are ripe for a emperor or an emperor in this country, call for me to take the helm or a consular in the affair of Trouth. Amen and amen. He should, he should be emperor. Emperor Lord Timothy Dexter. <laughs> That's just, there's another really long section where he, he proposes that he should be emperor of the world. <laughs> sometimes only emperor of America, sometimes the emperor of the world. He backed himself. <laughs> he did back himself. Oh, what about this? He's talking about the soul. And this is a part that was published in the newspaper and an editor edited at least the spelling and punctuation, but left Lord Timothy's train of thought intact. How great the soul is! Do not you all wonder and admire to see and behold and hear? Can you all believe half the truth and admire to hear the wonders how great the soul is, only behold, past finding out? Only see how large the soul is, that if a man is drowned in the sea, what a great bubble comes up out of the top of the water! The last of the man dying underwater, this is wind, is the soul that is the last to ascend out of the deep to glory. It is the breath from on high, doth go on high to glory. The bubble is the soul, a young fellows for gunning, for the good of bodies and souls. <laughs> Even when someone's doing their best, he's pretty hard to follow. Yeah, oh, I've got a I've got a really long quote complaining about his wife, but we've we've heard a fair number of them <laughs> complaining about his wife. More complaining about the Freemasons and Abraham Bishop. We've heard him complaining about those two things as well. So he didn't like his son-in-law. He didn't like his wife. He didn't like the Catholics, and he didn't like the Freemasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think he liked lawyers very much. <laughs> no, he didn't like that. He didn't like anyone who'd been educated. So. I have more quotes, but they're all on these same themes that we've already covered. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like you guys 
have a sense of what it's like reading the goddamn Yeah. <laughs> it it really feels like you're losing your mind until you acclimatize. Yeah, it's insane. And then it becomes easier. And then you'll hit a section where a newspaper editor punctuated and spelled it properly. And then it feels really, really unsettling. <laughs> it's like it's like going from forty like 144p Timothy Dexter to 4K for, for like 30 seconds. Ultra high definition, 4K, 8K Timothy Dexter. And then it drops back down. Yeah, and, then like, it, ah. and then the internet slows and you drop back down. Yeah. I don't have much more to add yeah. is there about a, this. This is, is a, can we add it's that an exceptionally more? strange text. I do I recommend that people read it. It's it's free. It's short. You don't have to read the whole thing. You only need to read a little bit and you get it's the idea. It's free for uh, on Project Gutenberg. Yeah, so there, there's the Pro- Project Gutenberg has the first edition just written out as as the original was. This is this is the full pickle. You can get the full pickle experience. <laughs> or you can go to lordtimothydexter.com where they offer, I think it's the fourth edition of this. And they offer the the full pickle, which is just just the the original text, or the half pickle, which is side by side the original text and a modern English translation of the text. So you can try to understand what he's actually yeah. talking about. And there there was something like eight editions or something, wasn't there? Yeah, he just he kept printing. Them. <laughs> <laughs> there was such demand that he just kept making them. People were just like, what? You gotta check this out. It spread it was seriously viral. It spread by word yeah. of mouth. It's like, you know, he had to kickstart it a bit. This man was a champion. Imagine imagine what he would be like in 2023. He would probably be an accidental crypto billionaire. Oh yeah, for sure. You know what's funny as well is um his book is being read, not sold, I suppose. No, but, read but it's still being 200, read. Two hundred years later. We still know his name. Yeah, that's that's insanely impressive. Just think about how many people have books that are read at all, let alone mm. 200 years after it's been published. I hope Tower is as famous 200 <laughs> years after my death as a people for the novel. You, um, you made a couple of mistakes with that, Jack. Uh, you used too much punctuation. Yeah, maybe I'll just go through correctly. and delete all punctuation. <laughs> yeah, the second Chat, edition. ChatGPT probably could reformat the text in that if I give it a pickle for the knowing ones as a style guide and say, could you please rewrite Tower in the style of Lord Timothy Dexter? You should take every single piece of punctuation and move it to an appendix at the end. Yeah, move it to the end <laughs> of the book. That, that would improve the reading experience. And then ask ChatGPT to rewrite it in the style of Lord Timothy Dexter. <laughs> what a man. What a man. We are, we are blessed for this man to have lived and for him to have left so much behind. In a pickle for the knowing ones. He won. I think he won life. Yeah, he really did. <laughs> just as, I guess the law of large numbers with just how many billions of people there have been, every now mm. and then you're just going to get somebody who just through no merit of their own just has a great life <laughs> and then fucks off. You're going to get someone who <laughs> is, is very odd, gets the resources to fully express that oddness, and then to, to, to narrow down the number of people who fall into this category even further, the way that they made that money is really, really funny in itself. Yeah, I, don't, I, I think he definitely uh, is unique. 
I can't think of anybody, any any comparable person. Yeah, he's sui generis. There's just no, there's no one and nothing like Lord Timothy Dexter and a pickle for the knowing ones. So he gets points for authenticity and originality. I don't even know. Like, why is it called a pickle for the knowing ones? Because he, he talks about knowing ones a lot in this book, as in people who agree with him are knowing ones. But I don't know why a pickle. <laughs> 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 Everything about this book is a mystery. <laughs> It's also for some reason the title of the book is spelled correctly because there are so many ways he could have spelt a pickle for the knowing ones, but he he picked the correct spelling for some reason. And it was originally called, or also known as, I don't know if this was the original, just another title he used, um, Plain Truths in a Homespun Dress. Mm. 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 Mostly complaining about his wife. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so that's a pickle for the knowing ones i recommend it i recommend you you read at least a few sections it's really fun if you just want to have a weird afternoon like smoke some weed and then sit down and listen to on youtube there's librivox l-i-b-r-i-v-o-x librivox um this good youtube channel with lots of weird audiobooks on it um they read have read it but the the woman who read the book did a really good job of putting on the accent you get a sense of of what he might have sounded like with his accent because i suppose yeah like 19th century new england they still would have had a kind of like close to like english or or scottish accent Still, mm, so mm. she kind of read it in that, yeah, in that accent, and yeah, it was really good. She did a good job. So you could smoke some weed or take some mushies, <laughs> sit down and <laughs> listen to, uh, listen to a pickle for the knowing ones, <laughs> just go crazy, <laughs> lose your mind. <laughs> no, nah, don't do that. That that sounds dangerous. <laughs> so it's too much stimulation for one mind to handle. <laughs> it's a it's a whole lot of knowledge in this book. In terms of our next episode, yeah, what's our next episode? We doing we might be doing Columbine. Oh shit! A complete U turn. What have we had for the past few episodes? We've had the art Kill of the Dozer. deal. Yeah, the art of the deal. Killdozer, a pickle for the knowing ones. Columbine. Yeah, that's a bit of a weird mix. Oh, yeah, I can't, kind of, can't kind of really like... pick an ideological thread between those things. <laughs> um. Centric. Yes. <laughs> should we do um should we do Columbine or should we do something else? What do you reckon? Columbine. We can talk about it. Yeah, let's talk about it. But let's for now, let's go with Columbine. <laughs> yeah. Um Okay, well I don't have anything else to say. Bye Jack's I don't have anything book. else to say about this book. Um Lord Timothy Jack. Lord Jack Dexter. <laughs> King of Chester. <laughs> go buy his book and um go buy my book and uh i don't know like thanks for listening <laughs> yeah th- thanks for listening <laughs>